Welcome to the Avoiding Chores podcast. I'm your host, Jim Sear, and in this episode, we'll be catching up with all things Garmin and also do the Q&A where I answer questions posted on the hundreds of videos I've uploaded on Garmin tutorials, handhelds, wrist-based GPSs, and all that fun stuff. Now, I've been waiting for a couple months to do this episode because normally... I would wait until the end of January because that's when all of our Black Friday and Christmas decisions fall out the window because Garmin would announce a slew of new models and we immediately regret our purchasing decisions. However, Garmin has been busy in a whole bunch of different ways here. So first thing is that they bought Geos. So if you are an InReach user or a Spot or even the Zolio user that uses satellite communication where you're out hiking to uh, do check-ins or, or the SOS. That monitoring organization, GEOS, when you do an SOS, Garmin bought them. So this is going to be really interesting. One thing I didn't know, that they were based in Texas, so I'm not quite sure how uh, they got affected during the winter storm that Texas endured for a couple weeks over the winter. But basically, they have bought that. Makes kind of sense, uh, of course. You know, Inreach is is the big uh, is a big user of that, and also a few other ones. So it'd be kind of interesting to see. Will we see increased uh, pricing uh, because of this action? Don't know, but kind of interesting to see uh, this acquisition a little bit different. And the next thing is some brand new devices here. So Garmin has been getting into the different markets. First up is the RV market. So they've uh, updated a couple of GPS navigators specifically designed for RV users. They got here is the RV 1090, which is a huge 10 inch display. And uh, this has a little bit more connectivity on it. Obviously the 10 inch uh, touchscreen is huge. And of course they've uh, packed it in with a few more RV specific things. So for example, custom routing for or routing for RVs, which means you can have, depending on the type of rig, you probably will have the off-road because as I've mentioned in a few of my other videos with the Montana 700, they, they're starting to do different types of route calculations. And if, uh, for example, on the Montana 700 or on uh, other products, they do more off-road navigation rather than highway pavement navigation. So that's uh, kind of interesting. Of course, when you're going to be paired with your smartphone, so you can have all sorts of uh, route or road warnings, traffic conditions. And uh, preloaded is a lot of uh, preloaded directories of RV parks and services, such as uh, KOA, iOverlander, and of course, uh, U.S. National Parks and Plan RV, which is kind of interesting. Of course, you'll you pair with that on your phone with Garmin Drive, and Garmin Drive allows you to do quite a few things. Now, I have Drive for my Alexa-enabled Garmin Dash Cam. I think it's called the Garmin Speak, which I don't think is current, but basically, this allows you to do quite a few things. Gives you ability to download uh, live traffic updates. Uh, parking, weather, if you have the dash cam model, obviously you can uh, use that as your backup camera. Uh, you can also, on certain navigators, use the live photo for webcams for traffic conditions. 
and uh, smart notifications from your phone. So it does add a little bit more to your device. So that makes a little bit more sense why uh, you may want to consider this one. So it's uh, not cheap. This is a $700 US uh, price for the 10 inch, uh, which still is, you know, in the same realm as the, as the typical big screen GPS devices. So RV at 1090. Next up is a real example of a, a watch model, smartwatch model that if you were to get during Black Friday and Christmas, you probably were a little bit disappointed to hear that Garmin has basically updated the Vivo Move HR, which was the more targeted towards the female audience as your casual day watch. Has some really nice uh, band colors and designs. It had the traditional watch face with a little bit of a LED or a little display towards the bottom, but they've upgraded it uh, with the Lily. And this is uh, the $250 classic version, which is you know more fashionable, or the $200 US sport version, which has that rubber band sim similar to the Vivo Move HR. Big difference here. Uh, one, they've kind of made it more fashionable. It, it is a nicer looking watch than the Vivo Move HR. The big thing, of course, is that the Vivo Move HR really had just the pedometer uh, sensor. It really didn't have the really big thing, which is why when I bought it for the missus, uh, she was like, I can't use this for my running because this is not working for me. So what she would do, she would wear during the day the Vivo Move HR, and when she wanted to do an activity, walking or running activity, she would swap that out for the Vivo, uh, Vivo Active 4. But now with the Garmin Lily, well, you have the GPS chip in there. Off top of all the other Vivo Active 4 uh, features, uh, wrist-based heart rate monitoring, stress tracking, have a few uh, women's health-specific tracking apps hydration respiration uh, your pulse ox sensor you know your sleep the breathe and of course the smart notifications and all that stuff uh, that you have it here but uh, you have still the same type of uh, sports apps fitness tracking and of course it's connected uh, to the gps but it, this one here connects to your phone the gps so it doesn't include the actual gps chip on the watch itself but it's rather you're going to use your phone so uh, for those of us who still carry our phones with us on our runs or activities that gives you that a little bit more connectivity and, and personally um, you know it's fine I assume the next design they'll get the GPS chip in there I assume these things are a lot thinner uh, than the Vivo Move HR which was already pretty thin same thing with the Vivo Active 4 these are pretty thin watches um, but I bet you that's kind of why that you have to still use your smartphone for GPS. Otherwise, it comes in a lots of nice colors, and this is probably something that's going to be around for the next uh, couple years. And uh, you uh, be able to, the big thing is, is figure out which one is a good time to get the right color, band, and watch face combination. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's, uh, anyway, this to me is one of the, the nicer things that they came out with. Next up is a part of the Phoenix, or I consider this part of the Phoenix family. Uh, for those of you who want something a little bit more rugged or maybe a little bit cheaper, depending on the situation, you don't need that Phoenix 6 
watch, but you kind of do like uh, the look or you're into endurance sports. This is a, a update of the Enduro, which is a wrist-based uh, smartwatch. Uh, basic uh, model comes in at $799 US and you can get the titanium model at $899 US. So these are not cheap wrist-based watches, but essentially it's in, to me, it's in the Phoenix family, it has that look and feel to it, but it does have a couple of things that it's more geared towards the endurance, outdoor endurance person. If, if you're doing mountain biking, climbing, trail running, ultra marathon, that kind of stuff that you need uh, uh, a little bit more juice out of your watch. So the big thing here, of course, is you get that little solar panel or solar cell that if you're out in the sun, you can actually uh, top it off. You get very specific uh, power management options that you can uh, manage and, and, and play around with your track. Uh, of course, you have a nice lighter design. The wristband is this uh, nylon material wrist strap, very similar to the sports strap that you have on the, the Apple Watch that came out uh, last fall with their updated watch. It does have, uh, apparently has about 80 hours of battery life in GPS mode and 300 hours in maximum battery mode. And that's, I assuming it's still trickle charging from solar. So if you're out in the sun, this is probably the best option you can get to get away from having to charge your watch every couple of days. Or if you, you know, if you have an Apple watch like I do right now, uh, you're charging that thing every day. So it has uh, quite a few interesting things, but everything else is very familiar to the, the Phoenix uh, you do have some specific ultra run and climbing apps, mountain bike apps. Uh, you have uh, uh, a heat and altitude acclimation screen. You have uh, suggested daily workouts. And, of course, I mentioned that you have the multiple GPS networks on this watch. So the American GPS, GLONASS, and Galileo satellite networks. You have your full ABC sensors. You get your typical uh, sports apps that are preloaded running, biking, golfing, that kind of stuff. So you're not you're not moving away if you're used to that on the Vivo Active or even some of the previous Phoenix models. They do have uh, a Pace Pro feature and backcountry skiing features and surfing. So that's is kind of kind of interesting here. Uh other than that, everything else I see here is pretty standard stuff in terms of features, smart notifications, Garmin Pay, all the other stuff connect iq so if you're looking for maybe an alternative to the phoenix line the enduro may be it but it definitely looks like uh, an expensive option but depending if you're doing endurance stuff or you're outside a lot more this could be something to look at and the last new thing i wanted to highlight here on the podcast now of course i'm forgetting all the updated golf uh watches and a few other uh other smart watches that garmin has pushed out to me they're just little updates but a new device uh, that Garmin has released a couple weeks ago is they're going into the power sport market. This is the ATVs, side-by-sides uh, kind of uh, area of, uh, of the industry. And they're coming out with a new device called the Tread. It starts off at $799 US. And this is really geared towards... Uh, plugging this into a side-by-side -side or maybe another type of off-road vehicle. Uh, it's uh, pretty interesting, and I'll be quite honest with you. I've been uh, dabbling into the power sport market myself for the last couple months, and uh, this is probably going to be an area that I'm going to jump into. 
And uh, that's why it kind of <laughs> was a little interesting here. But basically it has a couple of things here. One of the big things when you're doing these rides, if you have the, the radio talk uh, between you and the riders, so you have PPT, push to talk uh, type of mic. Of course, you got your topographic maps. I'm assuming they're using the their new Topo Active with off-road navigation. It's IPX7 weather resistance with a five and a half inch touchscreen. So very similar to the, a um, little bit bigger, I think, from the Montana 700. You can use the Tread app, and the Tread app looks to be a just a different version of the Garmin Explore. It's leveraging uh, the, the old inReach uh, maps or, or platform that you can synchronize uh, your stuff. I haven't downloaded to try it yet. I assume it's one of these things that the app is pretty much useless unless you actually do have um, a tread device but basically you can pair it you can import and export your gpx files you get the live weather forecast uh, i believe from your smartphone um, let's see what else you can do here with it yeah that's about it smart notification so it's pushed tied into your phone uh, same thing with the device like any of the newer big handhelds that garmin is releasing you have access to the bird's eye imagery so you can download it and uh, it ha it is designed to be mounted on your side-by-side -side or other uh, power sport vehicle. Uh, let's see here what else we got here, off-road map. So yeah, so this is going to be kind of interesting here. Uh, it definitely has a nice thinner profile than the Montana. And uh, it does have a couple of, uh, of mounts that you can uh, clamp it down. Has of course the ABC sensors. It has the the inReach compatible that you can uh, pair it with your inReach uh, Mini or your other inReach uh, devices. Uh, now, actually, you know what? Now that I said that, let me uh, make sure because they'll probably mean that you're going to be pairing this with the inReach Mini here. But the other few features that they have is uh, when you pair to your phone, uh, you have your uh, access to weather, the weather app which does have some radar features and, and, and some other uh, views of the weather, uh, of your weather screen so that you can actually see active weather in your area. Uh, you can uh, pair music to your phone so you can listen to music. Uh, you can add a camera, so to add a little side or back view like the BC40, uh, which is one of their webcams, you can do that. Uh, you have a whole bunch of other uh, power switch accessories that Garmin is uh, going to be releasing that you can control light bars and stuff like that and it comes preloaded with iOverlander and other public campground directories and stuff like that so it's a kind of kind of interesting device doesn't say here uh, which inReach device that is really meant for to me it's going to be for the inReach mini I don't think if you have the older inReach um, that it will be uh, workable, the older handheld, I should say. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to, to see how this works. $7.99 US, so it really does fall into uh, the a little bit more than the Montana 700, uh, but it does have a few things that are kind of interesting. And like I said, this is uh, something that's, that's going to be very interesting to look at. I'll be definitely uh, keeping uh, my eyes on this one here. It does have a nice little design rugged design that might be a little bit more interesting and uh, it might come with a couple different little colors uh, for the the back here so so this is kind of interesting that they're getting into uh, this power sport off-road 
market. Q&A time. This is where I review some of the comments on my hundreds of Garmin tutorial videos all posted on YouTube. This is one that was just posted uh, overnight from Dave up in Labrador. Uh, he took advantage of, and it's funny, we were talking about the Montana 700, but he jumped on the recent Garmin sale for the Montana 700, $150 off, which definitely takes the sting out of the cost of it because I found it to be, uh, I believe, uh, got it shipped to here was just $1,000. So it's not a cheap GPS by any means. Uh, basically, he bought it for skidoo and hiking and road navigation, and he bought the AAA battery pack, uh, the bike mount, screen protector, and he also found a soft case from Maxpedition, the TC3, and a little silicone cover from Tosita, and a 32-gig micro SD card. And uh, after that, he'll be looking at the car mount uh, from Garmin. And uh, so he's just wondering whether or not uh, if I had any uh, new tips and tricks from uh, the latest uploads. Uh, basically, I've been keeping things quiet for the last couple months because we were process of moving from the old house to the new house. Now that the snow's melted, uh, it's time to get out and uh, do a little bit more. Uh, but basically, I've been playing around with the 702. Uh, I'm getting into the custom OpenStreetMap. Uh, map layers so that the navigation uh, can be a little bit more useful. As I mentioned before, Montana 700 is really meant for off-road navigation, which comes in handy if you're doing off-road. But if you're traveling, you know, you want to use that big screen. And if you're bringing a GPS out, let's say on a, a vacation or a couple days trip out and you're just going out and about, you, know, you do want the GPS to be a little bit more functional. So I've been eyeing that. I've also been eyeing a carrying case. Uh, I think I might just make my own. Uh, I, um, As I'm unpacking here, I do uh, am running into my leather making uh, pieces. So I think I might just uh, try to, I think I have enough scrap leather here so I can make some sort of uh, uh, carrying case that I can just strap on to my belt or strap or something here that I can figure out. All right, another question here from Kyle. Now I uploaded a video uh, over the weekend here, which is how to uh, download Garmin compatible OpenStreetMaps onto a micro SD card and put it on your handheld because that is one of the big things you can do. And I did a video about eight years ago on this topic. And I decided over the weekend, well, actually last week, I got messaged by, I think his name was Steve. He was running into some problems and I tried to guide him. And I said, you know, I'm just going to redo this process. And of course, I have enough GPS handhelds here to validate to make sure it works. Sent him off the file, but I used it as an opportunity to make an update on this because things are a little bit different. One of the big things is I don't use Garmin Basecamp anymore as my desktop to mapping tool because... Uh, well, you know, you have your Garmin Explore, I use uh, Gar Gaia GPS as my GPX tracking tool now. So it's very, a little bit more flexible and the apps are a hell of a lot better than whatever Garmin can put out. So to me, I'm just using my, uh, my GPS to record a track and there's just enough technology that enables me to export the track from the GPS onto my smartphone and then once it's on my smartphone, I can send it to Gaia GPS. 
which uh, gets sent to the cloud, and then I can actually, um, you know, send it off. Actually, you know, it's a funny thing about the Gaia GPS, which I forgot to mention in the news. Uh, Gaia GPS got bought by the uh, those folks that uh, does the outdoor magazine. I think I saw something like that a little while ago. So that's very interesting. Last time I saw Gaia GPS in the news is they were doing a holiday promo with the Zolio satellite communicator folks. So it's very interesting now that they're they're getting a little bit more support or they got acquired. And now that the uh, a Backpacker magazine and outdoor, outside uh, people are now going to be leveraging that. Probably good for us because it is a low-cost uh, app. I think it's uh, $20, $25 a year to be a premium member and you have access to a lot of map layers and it's a pretty pretty robust uh, program but um, anyway yeah so with that uh, you know uh, the question is you know when you're having these bigger and bigger GPS handheld screens for more rugged uh, navigation you kind of want the most up-to-date maps you want and uh, OpenStreetMap is the source to get it because uh, even companies like Garmin they're using OpenStreetMap as you know, part of their mapping products now. And this is one of the reasons why Garmin can update their topo active maps uh, like every quarter or every six months is because of that aspect. There, There's so much information uh, going into that open street map now and, and people are just supplementing info. So, which means great for us, we get better maps. But um, one of the struggles when you're putting these custom maps onto a micro SD card is two things. One, you need to be uh, putting them in a Garmin subfolder off the route. The other thing that you need to do is that sometimes, or some of the older models, uh, you can only put one supplemental map image on there. But nowadays, uh, the rumor is, well, I haven't tested it out yet, but the, you can rename these custom maps so you can load more than one. So Montana 700, I believe it's 16 gigs capacity, if not a little bit more. So that means you can probably fit, uh, well, you have no problem fitting North America, uh, maybe a little bit of South America, a good chunk of Europe onto that device. So if you're doing like uh, major expeditions, you know, that GPS will, will do the trick. Uh, the key here is renaming them. So I think there's there could be a specific formula to rename these uh, supplemental files, but that's definitely something I can add on to it. But there's some people are trying to trying to add multiple uh, custom maps and they're having trouble and the main problem is the way that these files are named and uh, Garmin defaults the naming and and I think it has to do if you haven't refreshed your device firmware uh, that you may have problems but I'm definitely going to be checking this out so that we can support more than one type of custom map. Alright, that's it for this episode of the Avoiding Chores podcast. Hopefully you found it interesting here with all the latest news as the snow melts here in eastern Canada. And we're getting uh, geared up to uh, start doing a little bit more activity outside and uh, planning camping and all that fun stuff. Make sure you check out the latest uploads on the Avoiding Chores YouTube channel or you can just go to avoidingchores.com or the sister site gps.training if you want to see what is new in terms of Garmin GPS tutorials. We'll catch you guys next time.